do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Like the plot in one of his best-selling novels, the life of John Buchan was full of improbable adventures and prodigious achievements. He was one of the most accomplished men of the last century. By turns, a successful lawyer, respected scholar, popular journalist, trusted diplomat, prolific author, efficient colonial administrator, innovative publisher, ardent outdoorsman, incorruptible statesman, relentless reformer, and active churchman. Best known for his thrilling spy novels, he practically invented the genre, he was also the author of more than a hundred other works including an authoritative 24-volume history of World War I, biographies of Cromwell, Caesar, Montrose, and Scott, and a spate of essays, poems, and novels. He was the son of a minister in the Free Church of regal Scottish stock. A buchan had crowned Robert the Bruce, another avenged Joan of Arc, yet another fell at Flodden, beside the king, and still another led the Jacobites after the death of Dundee. But it was his early years in the Calvinistic manse that most shaped his worldview and imagination. He had a brilliant academic career, first at Glasgow and later at Oxford, and it was at Oxford that he first met Tommy Nelson, an impressive fellow Scot and scion of the Edinburgh publisher founded by his grandfather, Thomas Nelson. According to Buchan, Nelson was a remarkable man and a remarkable friend. It is not easy to draw on a little canvas the man whose nature is large and central and human without cranks and oddities, he said. The very simplicity and wholeness of such souls defy an easy summary, for they are as spacious in their effect as daylight or summer. Following graduation, the two men went their separate ways, Nelson back to Edinburgh to run the family business, and Buchan to a career in journalism and the civil service. But the two men were diligent to maintain their friendship. They vacationed and hiked and climbed together. They wrote frequently, and whenever both were in London, they whiled away many hours together in conversation and fellowship. Following the Boer War, Buchan accepted an invitation to join the staff of the High Commissioner of South Africa. His efficient administration earned him a trusted place in the royal court and his press dispatches earned him renown as one of Britain's finest correspondents. Following his tenure in the Foreign Service, he turned down a host of lucrative posts to work in publishing with his old friend. Later, he would assert that those were the happiest years of his life. But 
When the First World War broke out, those halcyon days came to an end, and both men set aside all other pursuits to contribute to the war effort. Buchan became the director of British intelligence. Nelson joined the ranks of the Tank Corps. Alas, on the last day of the fierce Battle of Arras, Nelson was killed by a long-range shell across German lines. As Buchan would later recall, his death made a bigger hole in the life of Scotland than that of any other man of his years. He was a rare being because he was so superbly normal, so wholly in tune with ordinary humanity. For the rest of his life, Buchan would continue to be inspired and even spurred on to greater accomplishment by the memory of his dear friend, who he described as the Christian statesman extraordinaire. After the war, Buchan was elected to Parliament, and he resumed his literary career. Between 1922 and 1936, he published an average of five books a year. For much of that time, he was ranked among the world's best-selling authors alongside his friends, Rudyard Kipling, G.K. Chesterton, and Hilaire Belloc. Several of his books, including The 39 Steps, Prester John, Hunting Tower, and John McNabb, were made into Hollywood films by the likes of Alfred Hitchcock and Arthur Lemus. Though his work was popular, it often explored serious theological themes and profound human dilemmas. Indeed, according to T.E. Lawrence, he was the greatest romancer of our blind and undeserving generation. Despite the busy activity of his career, he maintained a vital interest in both his family and his faith. He and his beloved wife, Susan Grosvenor, had a daughter and three sons. He always made certain that his children remained a priority in his life. He was also a faithful churchman, serving as a Bible study leader and elder most of his adult life. His political, cultural, and spiritual prominence made him an apt choice as the Church of Scotland's High Commissioner, enabling him to promote the vital relationship between Christianity and the preservation of Western civilization, a relationship he believed was threatened by the hubris of modern secularism. It was a theme that resonated in all his work. He wrote, Our enemies are attacking more than our system of Christian morals on which our civilization is founded. Despite this, he remained confident the Church of Christ is an anvil which has worn out many hammers. Our opponents may boast of their strength, but they do not realize what they have challenged. His tireless activities on behalf of Christ and crown brought him ever greater prominence, and despite deteriorating health, he served as curator of the Oxford University Chest, trustee of the National Library of Scotland, president of the Scottish Historical Society, chancellor of Edinburgh University, and, at the behest of King George, 
Canada's Governor-General. But throughout the crowded hours of life, his memory of his friend was never far from him. He would lament that his drive to accomplish so, so very much was a poor attempt to compensate a world which had lost so great a talent in Tommy Nelson. Buckins, sudden death in 1940 was caused by a freak injury following a fall in his official Ottawa residence. The sad news made front-page headlines around the world and prompted unprecedented international mourning. As the historian G.M. Trevelyan said, I don't think I remember anyone who has died in my lifetime whose death ever had a more enviable outburst of sorrow and love and admiration, public and private. What a friend. I feel he was the best human being I have known. I always felt a bit ashamed in his presence that I was not more active, that I did not make more of the wonderful and variegated world of nature and of man, of past and present, that was our common heritage. He was the Christian statesman extraordinaire. It was an interesting choice of words, the very phrase that Buchan had used to describe his long-lost friend. It was perhaps the most fitting tribute of all, declaring both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net.